Our sponsor for the podcast, Ahrefs, has an awesome set of tools that have become an industry standard for just about every SEO out there. For instance, if you're not getting any real significant search traffic, href has tools that can help you find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see the estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their keyword explorer tool, and that can help you create content that would drive more search traffic. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. I'm your host, Brent Satoris, and today we are joined by Brian Harnish, Senior SEO Analyst at Bruce Clay, and we're going to be talking about everything SEO audits. I hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining the show. Really happy to have you with me today. Oh, thank you very much, Brian. It's a pleasure to be here. Brian, it, it, it really is nice to actually, you know, get a chance to connect with you on the podcast. Um, you know, it, we, we've chatted so much and, and, and met, you know, and talked so much at the different conferences. And you've been really close with uh, Search Engine Journal for a long time um, as well. And so it, it's kind of like you're almost part of the family in a way and, uh, um, you know, definitely a part of the community that everybody looks up to. So I'm excited to have you on the call um, and just chat with you a little bit. Oh, well, thank you so much, Brent. I greatly appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So one of the, the interesting things, I think it's always interesting interesting to me what people end up focusing their careers on because for me I always really liked the creative side I like breaking things like pushing the envelope you know so social media and like you know going out and doing like algorithms and understanding like you know social structures and kind of like what makes things go viral was always something that seemed exciting and fun to me but every so often I bump into individuals that really find kind of the science or the mathematical side of you know SEO to be their passion and you're an individual who focuses your career and your work on doing SEO audits specifically and so I wanted to ask you first and foremost tell me a little bit about how you how did SEO audits become like your focus where how did it grab your attention and make you want to focus on that as a as a part of your you know core work day to day well, um, it's uh, kind of uh, funny, really. I've been in uh, SEO for a while, so I've been I started in SEO way, way, way back when, probably in 1998, as a web developer. And around 2007, I officially made the transition to full-time SEO, and I've been doing it ever since. And it's really, um, I had started up with I had worked with uh, agencies, I worked with large brands, medium brands, law firms those types of clients, and every time I see somebody come in with an SEO audit or whatever, if something happened to the site, then, um, and they bring in the technical expertise of the audit, I've always been impressed with what they have uncovered mm -hmm. as 
result of doing that kind of technical anal analysis. And one of and so I, I would like eventually I want to do that. So uh, probably about 2017 or so, I struck out on my own doing SEO audits with uh, my own company, Side Objective, and that I had been uh, doing that uh, ever since then, and and probably around yeah probably early this year I finally was given the amazing opportunity to become a senior SEO analyst at Bruce Clay, where I focus on SEO audits. So very cool, very cool. Among and other SEO work, of course, but SEO audits are the primary uh, are my primary function. Right yeah, now. and it's interesting because for me, SEO audits are uh, an interesting space. It's kind of like in its own little box for being like favored by so many and hated by so many, right? And I think it's because, you know, SEO audits became the way to like close business, right? Um, it ultimately came down to a, hey, you need SEO work? Okay, what do you need? Well, let me spend some time and look at it all, package it up into an audit and give it to you. And this is what you need. This is your function. This is your work. This is where you go forward, right? And so I think a lot of times um, companies would utilize audits as a way of getting themselves in the door to do the actual work and not necessarily deliver a quote unquote standalone report that could be utilized by anyone. And I think that's where a lot of the criticism has come against them. But where a lot of the you know, praise has come from is how often both you yourself mentioned seeing it and how often I've seen it where you can go and pull the, you know, the hood up, you know, on, on the website and see some things relatively quickly that can have a huge impact, right? I mean, we all hear the stories of things like, you know, hey, you're blocking your entire site from the index, like fix that, yep. right? And it's like, but there's other things that are huge, right? That that are just like, can be really um, influential in turning a site around and improving its rankings and finding those, being, being the one to kind of uncover that can be quite exciting and quite fun. Um, but with the fact that, you know, there's these two sides to SEO audits, um, how do you approach SEO audits in today's space where people are looking for actionable steps um, more than necessarily the data itself. Yeah, well, that's a good question, Brent. The way I we typically approach audits at Bruce Clay is we are looking at these client sites from the keyword traffic rankings perspective at first, and then that's part of the that's part of it. But we also look at the technical under the hood kind of stuff, which is also very important. And we look at stuff like content, we look at schema, we look at all sorts of specifics that are important to achieving higher rankings. And if a site is suffering, looking at those at a deeper level can really uncover significant issues that the client would um, would never have uncovered because they are not as technical, right? So it's uh, with, uh, with our audits, they are aimed at really delivering that specific value for sure so but but do you feel like in your experience like um do you feel like audits as a whole like any audit any audit that anyone's doing today do you feel like um 
you know, there's really something that should be focused like in a specific area. Like, let me give you an example. Like when we go out and look for jobs in the past, you would do a resume. You would put everything, right? You'd have like, this is the high school I graduated from. This is the college I went to. And this is the first job at McDonald's I had. And, you know, and you would put like all your work history and your, your you know, resumes would end up being like four or five pages long when people really only wanted about a half a page worth of information out of it, right? And so with, with SEO audits, we kind of, you know, but now uh, to kind of sum that up, but now like when you do a resume, it's one page and it's focused on the job you want and it's supposed to be kind of to the point and give you the most actionable information like right there in front of you. So with audits, do you feel like audits, you know, today really need to be focused, you know, in on like specific areas like, you know, necessary, like for instance, ranking or improving content creation or improve, like, do you feel like the audits need to be focused or do you think that audits still should cover like all aspects of, of SEO and marketing when it comes to, you know, a, a project or an analysis? Let me, uh, I do agree with you though on some point, Brent. So let me kind of um, expand a little bit. When I do an audit, I am uh, looking at really the entire picture, but really at the end, if no issues are found, I'm not going to include a line that says, I checked this, I checked this, I checked this. No, 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 no. Um, if uh, everything's fine in terms of that standpoint, what I'll do is remove them from the audit. Interesting. So if, so like, if, but the, the overall picture of the site health is just as important as some of these other areas. And if you have one area, say, like the robot.txt example, for example, if somebody is blocking everything from being called, you don't, you don't want to like, ignore that at one point and then give a hundred of other issues that need to be fixed because in that example, the a hundred other issues are not going to be much of an impact if Google can't crawl or index the site, right? Sure. So it's uh, really uh, looking at the totality of things and kind of eliminating stuff if everything looks good is the better approach. Simply because, like it, like you said, uh, Brent, on the resume example, where you don't want to just put two hundred items that are applicable if only a hundred of them apply. So how would you, how would you, like, if you're, if you're cutting, let's say, for instance, you know, I, I agree with your premise, because I think it's smart to kind of get down there. But I mean, a lot of people writing audits run into a lot of issues, right? Like, for instance, two issues that would come up right away for me is one, how do you portray to a client or to a, a team that you might be reporting to if you're reporting internally, um, about the things that are not there, but are correct do you like do you recommend that you address those in a kind of a positive statement like look you know we're not going to dive into you know link building and we're not going to dive into your architecture because you guys have done a really good job of that your link portfolio looks really balanced it looks really great and your architecture is smooth and it follows all best practices do you reference those in single line do you still kind of touch on those topics so that you know they know you looked at them and you give them a sense of like you're doing some things right but here's where we need to work on or do you just kind of really focus on what what you need to work on those um those are good uh, the the with regards to to that kind of thing brand we 
What I tend to do, yes, is I will, I won't, like, go through a hundred that are great and say, you're doing great, doing great, doing great, that's just repetitive. But what, um, what I want, like, focusing on are some of the more, some of the more impactful factors, and if the client's doing great at that, if they're doing their job and we don't need to do anything, then we tell them that. So there have been audits in the past where the, at Bruce Clay where we have done just that. We've been through the client site and we didn't find too many issues and we would we would uh, but in that case that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to say that to just have a hundred line in an audit to say check this, check this, check this, check this. Sure. So, but you would say that like having a summary that speaks to that would be beneficial. Exactly, absolutely, as so, well as communicating the business value of it. That's that's the, I think the big part of it is like I think a lot of times with audits, um, you know, you you have to go through the flow to really know what you want to provide and what will have an impact, right? You yep. you know on on a client, so you have to go through it. But sometimes you know you can come back with like four or five key elements and, yep. and have essentially a strategy, and that's very valuable. But I think what people really worry about is this sense of like most people don't understand what they're getting. Yeah. Most people don't necessarily appreciate like the 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 value of that information per se. And so if you come with something and I've heard this many times from when you're comparing SEO audits between different companies, people will say, "Well, how come your audits like 10 pages and this other audit like the last two audits we got were like 115 pages each like what are you not doing like and, and so there's this sense of like if the audit's bigger then it's more valuable um do you feel like that's changed and 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 do you have any like experience on kind of like how to set that like expectation with a client ahead of time to say look you might be used to getting a 120 page document but we don't do that because we're focused on you know kind of the next steps and so we're going to review all of this but we're going to come with essentially a strategy and less of an audit um in the end how do you kind of like how do you guys handle that well the audits are approximately 100 to 120 pages long or more depending on the website itself so um, we do the deep dive. The audits specifically are deep dive audits um, for not necessarily for 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 the for that um, for like getting clients onto other services, whatever. But it's providing that value within the audit with those 120 points because we seldom get a client that that actually doesn't have significant issues with the site. And one of the most one of the most biggest one of the biggest issues that I always come in run into when it comes to the site audit is page speed. Like almost nobody in the in a general sense is they have some sense of page speed, but they have no idea how to optimize it. They probably haven't even checked Google Page Speed Insights or any other tool on their site. And we come back with 10, 15 second load time and uh, one make size images on their pages and that's one of the one of the issues that are generally uncovered by the audit so we if with the one thing that i've run into as well with these 
with these types of deep dive audits are the fact that they help set up baseline of where the client at right now and how we can start moving forward with anything else that needs to happen in order to increase those results. You know, uh, a lot of times in these audits, you end up finding really a couple core areas that that tend to to showcase a lot of data uh, at least in my experience i think as you mentioned there's areas like page speed where you know there's a number of reasons why that's not something that people can handle a lot of people um in marketing departments or in companies don't actually build their website right somebody else has built it or somebody else is in control of that and they don't necessarily have the keys to the gate on that like i don't know how many companies i've been in where a, a, a VP or a senior VP of marketing or even a CMO has no capability and authority to change the website because it yep. exists underneath technology, uh, some VP or some you know, CTO who doesn't understand the implications of these you know, changes because you know, from a development standpoint, you wanted a website that had a page on it, that had a form on it that worked, and I gave that to you. So what if it's not, you know, you don't think it's indexed properly or loading fast enough? It serves the purpose, right? So you have some of these issues, but what are some of the, the key elements that you see in audits that always seem to die forward and maybe should take extra work? I mean, I wouldn't imagine that you, you, you would really spend a lot of time on every area. So what are the areas that you feel like maybe the top three or four areas that really take a little bit of extra time and that really have the most impact in, in, in making an audit valuable? Really, the, there are several. Uh, number one, keywords. There have been situations dozens of times where clients are not focusing on the correct keyword phrases that are going to bring in traffic, and it, it would generally be fairly simple for them to actually do to actually find something like this. But sometimes clients are so in the weeds on the website that they are not. That, that they haven't checked out other alternative keyword phrases or have even been able to actually uncover those specific opportunities. And that's one of the first things that I'm looking at are keywords and what's going to bring in traffic for them as a result of these efforts when everything's all said and done and completed. The Something else that I always find some issue on are links. So the one... One of the things that I do as part of our audits, almost every audit, is a link is generally a surface-level link profile analysis. And it's a basic analysis that will reveal how bad or spammy the client's link profile looks compared to, say, a normal link profile should be according to specific best practices. Another area that I also find issues on on a regular basis is content. So you have a lot of uh, client sites that are designed by developers who want the pretty look. They don't like a lot of text, and they don't want to see all to see all these words on the page that that are going to have a negative impact on their visual creation. Right? The, the, mm -hmm. Generally, they are very protective of that, and it's up to us as SEOs, I think, to really communicate the value of text content and. Well, well uh, one of the things I do want to stress as well is that I, while longer content is not necessarily the be-all, end-all, 
it can help make a difference in some cases, but a deeper analysis is necessary in those cases to really determine if that's going to move the needle or not. And then finally, most, and then finally would be the deep technical dive into uh, technical issues. Like there are what, uh, and you made a good point of this, Brent, that CEOs and, and uh, business owners, they don't have access to the back end of the website. So they can't exactly do developmental oversight on some of these websites where major issues had actually cropped up that shouldn't have because the oversight was not in place. For example, stuff like uh, redirect with an HT access or uh, like what what, uh, what are referred to as conditional redirect or things in Google Analytics. I've done Google Analytics audits in the past as well. And uh, Google Analytics, for, for example, yeah, one common issue that uh, arises from lack of developer oversight are UTM tag URLs creating duplicate content and things like uh, no annotation being handled in uh, Google Analytics. So if you don't have annotations, how are you going to know what changes occurred and when uh, if somebody else takes over the site later? They won't. So uh, I think that's, you know, very spot on. There's a couple, you know, those are really great areas. I especially like the fact that you're you're talking about kind of really analyzing links because I think that's something that... Um, I think it's something that's honestly quite difficult, um, you, you know, especially with the fact that you really require a number of tools, you know, that are not like super yep. cheap, you know, uh, you know, they're not outrageously expensive, but there's some decent cost behind the tools associated with really getting into some link, you know, uh, auditing and, and, and link evaluating and, and really looking at that as well as like really being able to get into content. So it seems like more than anything, what you really focus on are the things that have a story to tell. Right. Yep. Um, and then, exactly. uh, you know, I think that like, you know, in my experience, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, do you think, you know, because you have an audit that has a lot of data and a lot of times it's really hard for people to go through and find, you know, yep. the nuggets of information, right? So a lot of times you might have a chapter on link building and you might go through and do that. But when you're talking about a 110 page audit, as, as valuable as that is, information is, I don't think I've ever maybe once or twice in my life had an audit that somebody sat down and said, okay, we read through this. Like most of the time they're like, okay, here's this 110 pages of data. Now what's the one pager? What's the five things I need to work on next? Which we know, right? Having done the audit. <laughs> but, you know, again, it comes back to the value of what you're presenting and, and really kind of looking at it. So how do you take, in, in your opinion, how do you package the the information that you think really rocks you know do you you know design it in a way where the information's in the categories or do do all audit should all audits come with like a strategy section and a next steps section that really kind of outlines the next steps and the next things like what's the way to position the information so that Anybody, somebody who's read the whole document or somebody who's not going to read it at all, finds that valuable information in a way they can read it and digest it. Absolutely, Brent. And uh, one of the things that I do in, uh, in my audits are that they have an executive summary that's probably two to three pages long that gives you a summary of the most critical issues on the site. And uh, usually that's what people are going to read from uh, from a uh, 
practical standpoint, right? Now, real uh, quick, real quick, is that, is that, whatever is, they can, I'm sorry, Brent, go ahead. No, is that executive summary? I, I just want to clarify a little further before you go too much further in there. Is that executive yeah. summary, like a bulleted type thing, or is it like a yeah. story? It's a bulleted type thing. That's a story. Okay. Basically. And the, the one of the things that I do as well is with as part of these is that it's important to communicate the business value of this. If you just have data with no information on the kind of impact that it's going to have after implementation, then somebody's just going to, their eyes are going to glaze over, basically. Mm -hmm. Our sponsor for the podcast, Ahrefs, has an awesome set of tools that have become an industry standard for just about every SEO out there. For instance, if you're not getting any real significant search traffic, href has tools that can help you find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see the estimated search volumes and gauge traffic potential with their keyword explorer tool, and that can help you create content that would drive more search traffic. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot -E com slash S-E-J. Now, we talked a little bit about, you know, kind of getting into, you know, some of like uh, the depth of like, you know, focusing on the next steps and not really talking about necessarily the data that's not impactful for a decision-making process, right? Um, do you feel like... Um, as you get through the whole audit, that you should talk through all of it, like like a story. Do you tell a story about the website? How do you deliver it from a verbal standpoint? Right. You know you have the document. You know you have your your executive summary. You know you have these things, but it's just like a speaking at a conference. You know you have your slides and you know the session topic, but you still have to weave an interesting story. How do you approach? setting up a client to receive your audit like what are the steps how do you get them into the right mindset to receive your audit in the most impactful way i would say first of all would be the delivery of the audit deliverables with the actual audit itself any accompanying spreadsheets and data and then do a presentation style meeting that goes through the audit in step by step like it wouldn't necessarily be on going through every single issue right that would take all day for for a 150 page audit right so it would uh, really be a probably an hour-long presentation of slides where that are distilled down to the most important parts the most impactful ones that are going to drive the most business value including things like the like like keywords content and things, and probably maybe the first half of the technical issues that are the most important that are all going to drive significant value. It really just depends on the client and how SEO savvy they are in that regard. So if you're delivering an audit to somebody who is a CEO, they aren't going to really, they're either going to glaze over as something like that kind of uh, uh, presentation. So it's really important to deliver an audit that speaks to 
business people, but also that doesn't get too technically in the weeds. Otherwise, you're going to lose you're probably going to lose their attention and not get the thing that you want implemented at the end of the day. Well, I think that's kind of a, a good point with the, you know, the fact that you have to like speak to the audience you're in front of. And sometimes you don't know what that audience is, right? You don't necessarily know and you don't know how interested they are. You might have somebody who's in the room that doesn't care, you know, and they can understand yep. it, but they're not interested in understanding it or they're not interested in that side of things. So I think it's really, you know, an interesting aspect to kind of how you talk about delivering the executive summary. One of the things that we used to do, I don't do, I haven't done SEO audits in ages, but when we used to do them um, and, and deliver them, we used to actually go further and we would say we would create um, uh, an executive summary, but we would also create kind of a marketing, like a report for each group. We would have an executive report, which would be more like how it impacts the business and how it impacts the overall success and the branding of the company. And then we would have something that would go to the um, technology division like whatever the technology department, they would talk about how the, you know, what elements of technology are going to benefit marketing and, and, and what elements match up with what they already have. Like we can see that you're already using Google layers, you know, tag manager layers. So we would like to, you know, utilize that and you can utilize that to solve these issues. So we'd almost try to like walk them towards a technological area where the solution would be found. And then we would do a marketing report that would talk about, you know, traffic coming in and leads and opportunities, right? And so we would try to like do like two or three different reports based on those groups so that each person would get their report and understand what to look at it. And then, you know, that way when we talk about it, it would be more fluid. Everybody would know their part of what they were excited about. Yes, and uh, Brent, that's a, definitely a fabulous idea. It really depends on the client that, that we um, have SEO audits for in terms of how that is addressed. So, it, but really, that that's really the kind of thing about SEO audits, right? You don't necessarily want to do a templated a templated approach, exactly for that reason. Because if you have a templated audit, right, you're probably going to lose the opportunity to really get all the information that is going to benefit the business and can communicate things to those other types of team members. Yeah, I think some of the some of the coolest things from audits are actually from that manual side. I mean, I know that there's a lot of aspects and a lot of companies out there that will throw together quick audits, but I've found that almost like the majority, you know, of and this is kind of what we do now, like what I work on now is I don't do audits, I do like notes from audits, right? You know, it's like go yeah. through and find just the things that matter, you know, and just identify like the quick kind of aspects because those are where you find some of the cool things where it's like, hey, this is what your competitors are doing. It's like has nothing yep. to do with your site and your audit. It's just that you should know about these things, right? And so I, I yep. definitely think, so one of the aspects that we've talked about is and kind of reinforced is this sense of you want to create a document that, you know, has data that speaks to a solution solution, something that resonates. Remember, exactly. if you want somebody to be happy, then you want them to get the data in a way that it 
answers the questions they have. You don't want to force something, right? You don't want to say like, we're going to do this because it's what you want, but you want to be able to answer their questions and talk about things as it relates to something they're interested in. Do you have any experience or any suggestions on how people identify? Like what's the process to identify what is going to mean something to somebody at a company? You know you're going to deliver this audit. You know you're going to give it to this VP or this director or this CMO. How do you identify from that CMO what things really are going to make him interested? Do you ask like questions? Do you like, you know, go and say, hey, you, you've done an audit before. What about that audit made you happy? And what about that audit made you not happy? Like, what about, you know, how do you find out what, what's going to make them happy so that you can deliver something that makes them happy? Well, that's part of our discovery questions that we ask every client at Bruce Clay. So that is a uh, an official process that happens every time we bring on a client is we do a discovery uh, questionnaire so that we can find out those things. Otherwise, if uh, we don't ask those type of questions, Brendan, I'm sure you know, it's kind of like flying blind. You're yeah. not going to hit your target at all, and it, the client's going to end up disappointed. For sure. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. And, it's, it's, and this is one of those things that like I don't do audits anymore because I hate them so much. Like I, I love – I'm sorry to hear that. No, man. no, no. I love that you love them and I love that other people out there love them because I do think they're <laughs> essential. <laughs> I, yeah, but for me, it's just like the, the – I, I don't like writing and I think that it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the putting it all together. And I'm very critical. Like I hate anything that seems like I've done it before or it's not absolutely unique or something so I, I end up killing myself to try I end up spending way too much time I'm just not the right person to write audits <laughs> I, I, I'm good at reviewing them and stuff but I'm not great at writing them uh, for, for that reason I just I'm a little too perfectionist and I get a little too deep into them so um what do you think real deal like you know I know that everybody's got their secret sauce and whatever but when it comes to audits a big chunk of it is tools um, it's access to data that you are not going to have yourself, right? There's a number of tools. If you could list off anybody who's looking to kind of create an audit or do their own or whatever, they want to better understand like what pieces of the pie it takes. And, and this will also give everybody a sense of how complicated this can get. Um, what are some of the tools that you think are essential today for somebody to complete a, a, a good SEO audit? Okay, um, there are several. Um, one, of course, one essential is Screaming Frog, which I love, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, why why the... sc- Screaming Frog? What is it? Because there's so many tools out there. You look at search metrics, right? You look at um, right. Yep. You look at all these tools. What is it about Screaming Frog specifically that it, it stands out on your list? Really, it's one of the first tools I started using for SEO audits, and I've gotten so comfortable comfortable oh, nice. with it. I can really find just about anything. So it's uh, that, and uh, I know that I've used uh, and I've used Deep Crawl. I really, I really do like Deep Crawl as a as a uh, crawl crawler tool. They are really good, and also SEM Rush, of course. I love SEM Rush. The um, the one of the cool things about SEM Rush, and yeah, you know, and that I love about the site auditor that like. You have all this data that they provide, but unless you know how to interpret the data, it's useless, right? So with SEM Rush, I love how they give you just an eagle-eyed view of the website health. 
And then you can drill down into the specific issue. But I don't, of course, I don't just use SEM Rush. Sure. But uh, I, I do um, uh, really enjoy Bruce Clay's SEO tool set. It has uh, really good, and uh, I'm not, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, Probably a little bit biased, of course, because I do work with Clay, but I like the multi-page analyzer because it, it's really great at looking at different pages of sites and coming up with SEO rec- on-page recommendations. And the uh, there are just uh, other uh, really cool things within the SEO tool set that I like as well. Now, beyond that, there are, I oh my gosh, I, I, I could uh, talk tools all day. Um, <laughs> Google Analytics is essential, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Google Search Console, as far as free tools are concerned. The one can, thing, the one thing I will throw in there, Brian, with Google Analytics is I think a lot of people don't realize that Google Analytics is super powerful, but not necessarily from its base view. You have to, you have to go a bit deeper. I've seen numbers of companies make huge uh, mistakes in decisions based on looking at too generalized data, right? Just looking at the main page and going, oh, well, traffic's going down. We must be losing. No, traffic's going down internationally because local SEO and SEO in general has gotten better. And you're not supposed to, for a local store, get visits from another country. Like, that's just not the way it was intended to be anyway. So you're not, your, your traffic might be going down for overall, but your traffic locally is going up and your sales are going up, right? So people can make really big mistakes kind of with analytics without diving in deeper. So I didn't want to derail you, but I did want to throw that out there that if you're using analytics, definitely get deep. And the the one thing that some people tend to make is uh, they don't know that part of their data is sampled. Exactly. Not a full representation of everything. And so there are, sub, there are different types of uh, Google Analytics accounts. You have to know whether or not the data is sampled. You have to know that uh, going into um, into uh, a certain section of uh, Google Analytics is for direct visits. Another section is for actual organics. Another section is for social, yeah. that kind of thing. And if you don't know that, you're going to be making... Uh, some uh, significant errors with your data interpretation. So what other things other than analytics? I mean, there's like AdSense, I mean, AdWords, the, the AdWords tools as well can help with some of the, you know, volume. Yeah, I can, uh, I can help from uh, identifying uh, cost per click uh, metrics in that respect. So if you're trying to, to gauge whether or not a specific keyword is actually valuable and you have no search volume data from tools, one way that you can get around that issue is figuring out what the CPC says. And if there's no actual search volume, no actual CPC, it's probably not going to be much of a viable keyword. Interesting. What are your thoughts on SpyFu? You know, I've, I, I've personally got some history with SpyFu over the years. So do, so, I. Um, so do I. I've used SpyFu in the past. I, I like uh, some, some, some of how SpyFu handles things. But some of that data... If you don't know how SpyFu actually calculates the search volume data in their tool, that can kind of screw up some of your strategy implementations. Yeah, if you're being really granular, right? If you're just not looking for directional (laughs) stuff, right? Yeah, Interesting. So uh, one one more question I wanted to dive in with you is is um, SEO audits. I mean, we've talked about them. There's something that you know, regardless of what 
your scope is, you know, you could be talking about, you know, a 150 page document or you could be talking about a 20 page, you know, very focused document. Do you think all companies need an SEO audit? At some point they do. Yes. And, and, and do you think that it's a benefit like for a company to have continued SEO audits? How often do you recommend? That by the a, way, let me, let me expand. Let me expand on that. By sure. Way. Go ahead. Um, we, we, with that, uh, with my answer, I say eventually, because there are several considerations to this. So if you if a if a company had been doing SEO for a while, they're pretty confident in their abilities. They've had several of the SEO audits in the past. Then another SEO audit from a reputable company in the industry, for example, someone like Bruce Clay, could find some significant things that were overlooked in the past. But like if, uh, and that could help the site significantly. So in that, in that respect, an, an audit can be very valuable. But if somebody is going to get an SEO audit and not do anything with it, then, I mean, the what's the value in that, right? So if um, somebody can get an SEO audit and not do anything, and it'll be just as bad as not getting an SEO audit. But I really feel that there are so many factors that play into the decision-making process in that regard that it really does depend on the company itself and what's happening. So if a company uh, wakes up and they're doing well on their Google, uh, or rather their Google traffic, they're getting leads, they absolutely love everything that's happening, or maybe they want to get a bit more, well, perhaps they can uh, get an SEO audit that will reveal the kind of keyword opportunities that they are missing by not doing by not doing one. So that is where an SEO audit can provide value, even if you think you're having the absolute best luck in the world with your SEO. I think one of the things that scares a lot of companies, a lot of people about audits is they're expensive. Um, they, you know, and, and rightfully so. I mean, if you're doing a proper audit, you're spending weeks, you know, you're looking at, multiple tools you're analyzing tons of data and ultimately you're 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 relying on somebody like yourself who has you know you know a, a solid you know 18 19 you know 17 18 19 years of experience doing this to be able to see the data right to see what right. it means right and to know what it means in today's space um so I think that a lot of people are nervous about the idea of spending money on an audit. What are a couple things that people should ask or they should look for to determine if a company that they're going to get an audit from is going to benefit them or not, or it's going to be reliable or not? I would say look at how long they've been in the industry. Um, I would say look and see what uh, vet them for yourself and see what uh, other people are saying about that person in the industry. And really, at, at Bruce Clay, we've, uh, we have tailored our um, site audit uh, process to different types of websites, different types of companies uh, successfully. We've gotten uh, great results with these audits. So really, it's a safe bet, but really, I'm the one, I'm the one here as a representative, representative of Bruce Clay, so I, I know that. So I do, still want to put that out there in case somebody has 
forgotten at the listening. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, but really it's, uh, really the important part is vetting the SEO professional who had been in the business and you really can't uh, go wrong by double checking references, really sure, yeah. asking people for, to maybe they, if they have a sample on it, or something that's not bound by an NDA, but really you don't want. To, then we get into this issue though, Brent, of free audits. We don't want to give them audit. We don't necessarily want to like create a 150-page audit for free, right? I mean, that is a situation where you, well, let me, that where that that would. Uh, I know that well, there well, were free audits uh, are tough in general because free. You know, I mean, look, I mean, yeah, an audit is not about the data. The data is beautiful. The data is great, right. but w we all ignore data on right. a regular basis. It's about being able to have somebody evaluate the data with exactly, but it's but, the but evaluation but, of the data, the interpretation of the data. It ultimately. The actual strategic implementation of the interpret of the is the strategic implementation of the interpretation of that data that is going to make the major difference at the end of the day. Yeah, and I I, I believe that if you know the SEO space, you know, as another way, uh, this is in reference to how to validate, you know, if somebody's good or not. The SEO space requires um, almost a bit of validation. Like people want to be validated. They want to read, they want to interact, they want to learn from, they want to have a mentor, they want to improve. And in order to really understand um, what is going on with the search engines today, um, you really need to, to be close to or around the search engines themselves, you know, the individuals, yep. the representatives, but also the people who are really kind of on the cutting edge when it comes to SEO and comes to the implementation of these different strategies. Yeah. And so a lot of times if you look up the company or you look up the individual who's working on the project, you can find out, are they involved in these conversations? Are they familiar with these circles? And are they learning yeah. and, and, and a part of this dialogue? And, and, exactly. and if they are, that's a huge check mark. It doesn't mean that they're not smart if they're not. Like, it doesn't mean that they don't know what they're doing. It's just, if you're looking for another validation, being involved, the SEO space will out or promote people pretty heavily based on their qualifications. So if you yep. start poking around and you hear people saying, yeah, I like that guy, I think he's a great guy, he's a good guy, then you, you can you can bet that he's probably pretty decent. Whereas you, people you know, will tell, no matter how popular people are, if they think they're not worth their salt, they will say publicly, they're not worth their salt. You know, I wouldn't do that. So there is some validation out there, some vetting process. Um, Brian, we, we've kind of run to that point in the show where we're out of time. Um, I do want to thank you, one, for, for joining me, but two, I want to also ask you to just kind of share with everybody who's listening, where can people find you? If people have questions, they want to ask you, they want you to you know, help them out, or they want to reach out and maybe even hire you. How would people find you online to talk with you further? First of all, I, I do work for uh, Bruce Clay's, and uh, I do SEO audits for Bruce Clay, so uh, feel free to contact us at BruceClay.com if you want an SEO audit. 
And uh, other than that, I am on Twitter at uh, twitter.com forward slash Brian Harnish. And I am on Facebook as well. And I'm uh, pretty recognizable by my photo. I don't uh, necessarily hide that. So uh, if, you, if you do a search for Brian Harnish on uh, Facebook, you should be able to find me there as well. And I'm also on LinkedIn. And Brian is also one of those individuals in our space that will absolutely respond to just about everyone. So if you reach out and say hi to him, he is almost guaranteed to say hi back. Yep, absolutely. Brian, thank you for joining me on the show. Really happy to have you on and appreciate you spending the time with us today. Yes, thank you so much, Brian. It had been a pleasure as always. Cheers. Hey there, I'm not Prince of Taurus. I'm not Danny Goodwin. And I'm not Lauren Baker. That's Greg Finn and Jess Budd, and I'm Christine Zernhaus. If you listen to the Search Engine Journal show, we think you'll love our critically acclaimed SEJ network podcast, Marketing O'Clock. Join us every week as we report the latest SEO, PPC, and social media marketing news. This is a show for real-life marketers who want to do great work. And because we're IRL marketers too, we know you're talking about attribution, schema, and CPCs all day long. So we keep it light with plenty of spicy hot takes, puns and rants. Plus, we talk about what's working hard and what's hardly working in our accounts and share what news stories have us saying WTH every week. So if you're ready to become a better marketer, subscribe wherever you consume podcasts and listen to new episodes fresh for you each and every Friday morning. Only on the SEJ Network.